dismiss our school-age kids to the back. You guys can go ahead and head that direction, Miss Robin. Um, I'm excited. Uh, my buddy Irvin uh, Waswa, he's one of the uh, pastors, church planters that we support. He's going to be bringing the word today. Irvin was in our youth ministry uh, in, in Dallas when we were there. I looked for a real embarrassing picture of you, and I couldn't find any, but I did find this one where you took a picture with the Biebs. Um, that's a cutout at some store, yeah. uh, Mission Trip in Wyoming, I think, if I remember right. But uh, I tried to find one that you look young at, but you've looked like that since, you know, you look the same. So Irvin um, uh, is doing incredible work, and he's just a great friend of mine. Thank you for coming in to minister to our people. Let me read our... Uh, passage of scripture today and then uh, and then hand it over to Irvin to bring the word in 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm going to read just the uh, first six verses there. Now when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against Negeb and against Ziklag and they had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned and burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives had also been taken captive, Ahinoam and Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, Carmel. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul and for each of his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. This is the word of the Lord. Well, amen and amen. So uh, great uh, to be in front of you yet again. Uh, came about this time last year. And, uh, uh, and as uh, Pastor Luke said, uh, my name is Irvin Waswa, serve up in Clarksville, Tennessee, a church up there. And, and just want to mention, so thankful for uh, uh, y'all's uh, support by way of prayer. Um, as was mentioned earlier, um, uh, your prayer matters. Uh, your prayers matter. Uh, we're seeing God do an incredible work up there. Uh, one story I'd like to share that we can get into the scripture. Um, uh, there's a, a family that started coming about two years ago. Uh, it was a uh, father and his three boys. Uh, he had just recently went through a horrible divorce. Uh, his name was Demetrius. He came in broken up, uh, beat up, and, uh, and, you know, connected with our church, uh, got into one of our family groups, our small groups. And uh, fast forward a couple of years, right, through uh, the work of the Lord, uh, we just had the privilege uh, two Sundays ago to baptize his youngest son. Uh, and so over the span of two years, not only has Demetrius right, came forward uh, for baptism, we were able to baptize each of his three sons. And, man, he's raising um, uh, his kids up in the way of the Lord, and the Lord has blessed him, right? He met his now wife uh, there at the church uh, and uh, who came in similar situation. And so uh, all that say, uh, it's because of your prayers, right? God is at, uh, at work, and so uh, thank you and ask that you continue uh, to, uh, to pray for uh, our work moving uh, forward. First uh, Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30, um, a fairly unusual passage, uh, but uh, this passage the Lord gave to me a little over a year ago, uh, as I was doing my quiet time, this, this message rather, he gave to me a little over a year ago, 
uh, when I was walking through a, uh, a difficult uh, time uh, in my life, and I'll talk more about that here in a second. Uh, but uh, uh, this uh, passage really signifies uh, a man, King David, who we know and love, a, a, a guy that uh, understood and was able to stand even in the midst of the struggle that was going on in his life. Uh, see, the, the struggle for, for King David really began several chapters earlier uh, in first, uh, first Samuel chapter 19, right? Uh, David anointed as king. He was uh, the shepherd boy turned king. He slayed Goliath, right? Uh, he was the undefeated uh, warrior champion of the time. Man, he was so popular, man. There were folks singing songs about him, uh, right? Uh, uh, Saul slays his thousands, but David slays his ten thousands. He was uh, on the mountaintop of life, loved God, following him, pursuing him, and all was well. And then we see King Saul, right, the, that king before him, literally go mad, go crazy, and, and sought to kill uh, David. He pursued him, chased David out of the kingdom. And so for the next several chapters, David is on the run for his life, hiding out in caves, right, wondering uh, when his last breath perhaps may be because Saul and his uh, army is looking to kill him. But in the midst of that, we see God work and move, right, and, and uh, take care of him and his family, and all seems to be well. And then we get to uh, chapter 30 of 1 Samuel, right, where uh, struggle hits again. Now, struggle hits again. And, and he, uh, David and his family leaves, right, or David and his army men leave to battle. They get back to the place where they're staying, and literally all of the family has been taken and the whole city has been burned down. You talk about distressing times, distressing times. But we see that he was able to stand in the midst of that. I want to read verses 7 through uh, 15, and then uh, we'll pray one more time and get into uh, the message. Look what the word of the Lord says in verse 7. It says this, And David said to Abathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, Bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. So David set out, and the 600 men who were with him, and they came to the brook Bezor, where uh, those who were left stayed behind. But David pursued, he and 400 men. 200 stayed behind, who were too exhausted to cross the brook. They found an Egyptian in the open country and brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate. They gave him water to drink, and they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit was revived, for he had not eaten bread or drunk water for three days and three nights. And David said to him, to whom do you belong, and where are you from? And he said, hey, I'm a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me behind because I fell sick three days ago. We had made a raid against the Negeb and the Cherethites and against that which belongs to Judah and against the Negeb of, De of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, will you take me down to this band? And he said, swear to me by God that you will not kill me or deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this band. Won't we pray together? God, we do love you. We thank you for uh, God, the worship this morning, Lord. Pray that you would uh, hide me behind your cross, Lord. Pray that, God, you continue to meet people where they are today, Lord. Um, God, speak to us through the truth of your word, Lord. I pray that, 
God, we would be a people, Lord, who leave here different than the way we came because we encountered you, Lord. I, I pray that God, this wouldn't just be another Sunday in the routine of life for us, Lord. But, Lord, you'd meet us, Lord. You'd stir our affections for you more deeply, Lord. And God, that you draw us closer to you. God, have your way this morning, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. Amen. Amen. I think uh, if we're not careful, because I fall victim to this all the time, right, I, I think we uh, can get to a point where we feel as though we're immune uh, to experiencing trouble or struggles uh, in our life. Uh, we can get to that point. We think about it, hey, you know, we're trying our best to live for the Lord. Uh, the area where we live, man, hey, things are good, man, God's taking care of me. Financially, I'm stable. Financially, my family's set. Right, I, hey, I live in a, in a great country, right, where it's not perfect, but I live in a you know, country where things are good. We can almost feel as though we're people who are immune, right, to trouble that may come upon our life. But, but I, I want to uh, encourage you, in, in a sense, with sharing with you the truth that, that that's not true. That's not true. The reality is, man, hey, all of us are going to walk through trouble, going to walk through issues. And, and we see David here walk through that in 1 Samuel 30. And what's unique and interesting, what I hope that we're able to catch this morning, is not just the fact that he went through the trouble, was how he chose to respond to it when it came. My hope and prayer is that we be folks that choose to stand for the Lord in the midst of the trouble. Not, hey, not, not run away, uh, not try to numb uh, the trouble with a substance or something else. Hey, not, not try to uh, uh, just simply uh, shut down, but choose, man, to stand for the Lord and, and in doing so allow for our light to shine for him because we know, man, even though we're in the trouble, we know the one that's over uh, it. Entitled the message today, uh, standing in the midst of the struggle, standing in the midst of the struggle. I, I believe that the word highlights three ways in which we're able to stand for God in the midst of hey, the struggle, the trouble that we have going on in our life. Uh, the first way is this. In order to stand in the midst of the trouble, uh, church, we've got to be folks that choose to embrace the reality uh, of the struggle. Uh, David saw that here in verses 1 through 6. We, we've got to choose to understand, like I mentioned, that the struggle is coming. Uh, David was a man hey, that faced a lot of struggle here. He'd been running for his life. Man, hey, a guy that uh, uh, was a man that was known to be one that was after God's own heart. He's on the run for his life, hiding out in caves. His best friend's dad, the former king of Israel, man, is looking to kill him, looking to kill him. Right, uh, imagine, man, the struggle that comes with that. And not to mention, man, he leaves to essentially do what he feels like he's supposed to do. He gets back with his men, and literally, right, all of their family is gone. They have no idea where they are. Been kidnapped. Don't know if they're dead or alive. Man, imagine the distress. Imagine the, the trouble that's there. Imagine the trouble that's there. Man, we've got to embrace the fact that, hey, trouble is going to come. The struggle is real. Struggle is real. Now, hey, it, the struggle may, may come, right, because perhaps decisions that we've made that have led to us, you know, finding ourselves in a pit. We see that take place with David later on, 2 Samuel, some decisions that he's made there. 
Hey, the, the struggle may come, right, because the enemy's uh, attacking your life, right, him pursuing you, attempting you, right, and you falling victim to that. The struggle perhaps may consist of the fact that we're just in a broken, fallen world. And all that comes with that. But, hey, but the truth of the matter is, hey, the struggle is going to come. The struggle's going to come. Let me go ahead and say this. I, I, I'm not just simply saying all this, man, to, to make this sermon, a, a, you know, one of gloom and doom, right? Or, or to, uh, to preach that, hey, you know, we're called to live this woe is me life, right? We're called to be uh, what I like to call Eeyore Christians. You know what I'm talking about? Remember Eeyore, we always pessimistic, always negative. No, hey, because, man, hey, Jesus is alive and well, man, sitting at the right hand of God. Hey, we can walk in joy in the midst of what's going on in our life. But, but hey, let me, let me not uh, uh, allow you to get tripped up and confused, right? Some folks may say, hey, because we're saved, man, we're never going to face issues. That, that's not true. Not true. Man, hey, the reality is struggle is going to come. Hey, you're going to have problems. Listen, if, if you live long enough, you're going to encounter loss, man. You're going to face sickness. Man, you're going to experience pain. You're going to experience trials. Now, we got to know that the struggle is real. I love what Job 14.1 says. Job, uh, you know the story of him, man, lost everything, man, walked through a, a ton of uh, struggle. Uh, it's, he says this in Job 14.1, man who is born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. Uh, speaking of the fact that, hey, man, hey, life is tough. Life is tough. And it's short. And then Jesus himself said it in John 16, 33, where he says, hey, I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Hey, hey, we've got to choose to embrace the reality of the struggle. Hey, if we choose to be folks that are naive, man, and think that it's not going to come to us, man, what happens is whenever we get blindsided by it, Man, oftentimes, more than not, we're going to choose to flee from the Lord instead of flee towards him. So we've got to know the struggle's coming. Like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the Lord gave me this <clears throat> word in the midst of uh, tough times in my life. I've walked through some, some trials, some struggles in my life personally. When I was 10 years old, uh, you know, living in Dallas area, um, both of my parents are from Uganda and had several uh, uh, relatives, uh, several family members that lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And one of them, my older cousin, went back to Uganda to see some family there. She's riding on a bus to a town. Some raiders hop on the bus, shoot up the bus, kill her, uh, 13 years old. I remember when I was uh, in uh, seminary, a uh, kid that I grew up with in the neighborhood there in, in South Dallas, where I grew up. Man, I remember getting the news that he was working at IHOP, a disgruntled guy, right, who was disgruntled with him, walked up there 10 o'clock in the morning there, called him outside, shot him twice, killed him in broad daylight there. Kid I grew up with, came to youth group, man, with us. Man, been through some trouble, but, but perhaps the uh, toughest season of life was a little over two years ago. Uh, uh, my dad was walking through... Um, some tough times and had the uh, opportunity to take him in and him live in, in one of my extra rooms uh, there in Clarksville. And, uh, you know, it was pretty neat because our relationship was a little interesting. I mean, I loved him. He loved me, but we weren't necessarily super close. So got to grow uh, closer to him and, and really help him out like he helped me out growing up. I remember one night after Wednesday night church, you know, I was talking with my mom on the phone, pull up to my house, 
right? You know, walk in, you know, holler, hey, what's up, Dad? No response. And then look around, walk into his room, find my dad lifeless on his bed there. He had died. Uh, it was assumed to be a, a heart attack. And I remember being in one of those, as David talks about, deep distressing moments where I didn't really know what to do. All of a sudden, I'm questioning God. Hey, God, what, where are you at here? Man, I, hey, I'm trying to live for you. Man, I, I, I'm a preacher of the gospel here. Man, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to live for you, and you allow for this to happen? Hey, church, hey, the struggle is going to come. We've got to choose to understand that. But here's the deal. When it comes, how do we respond to it? How do we respond to it? Which leads to the second point here. How do we respond? How are we able to stand in the midst of the trouble? We've got to choose to embrace the reality of the struggle. But secondly, hey, how we respond to it is this, by choosing to entrust ourselves to the Lord. Entrust yourselves to the Lord. Go back to the text. Pastor Luke just read it, right? Hey, the, the uh, people there, David and his men, man, hey, it said that they wept until they had no more strength to weep, right? They were broken up, man. Hey, they, they were devastated. Said that David was greatly distressed, not only because his family was gone, but now, man, the guys that loved him, that uh, he was leading, were looking to stone him. But then it says there at the end of verse 6, but David strengthened himself, not on his own. Hey, he didn't say here that David, man, was, he decided to go to the weight room and lift weights, right, to strengthen himself. Said that, hey, he strengthened himself in the Lord, in the Lord. It's, hey, it's this picture of uh, entrustment. You, you know what entrust means, don't you? It literally means this, hey, to choose to place yourself in the care of another. What David did in that moment, right, to, to garner strength to continue moving forward, he, he, he didn't try to, uh, uh, to uh, simply compartmentalize things, right, and, and say, you know what, hey, I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps and keep moving. He, he, he didn't just decide, man, hey, I, hey, because, man, I'm King David, warrior king, hey, I, hey I'm going to figure it out on my own. No, no, no. What he did was, man, he entrusted himself to his maker, to the Lord, and man, he was the one that was able to give him strength. Whenever, man, we walk through the struggles of life, what we've got to do is choose to entrust ourselves to the Lord. Man, in the midst of being backed into a corner, man, hey, we got to choose to run to the Lord who's able to give us strength. We've got to entrust ourselves to him. What, what does that practically look like in our life as we're walking through uh, the struggle? I, I believe it looks like this because I walked through this myself. Entrusting yourself to the Lord looks like this, choosing to surrender yourself to him. Hey, th this picture, man, of David strengthening himself in the Lord, right, is this picture of him, right, placing himself in the care of him. But in order to do that, man, there's got to be some humility there. Got to be some humility. There's got to be a posture of saying, hey, God, you know what? I don't got this. Hey, God, you know what? Hey, I, I can't do this by myself. I know that I'm successful. Hey, I, I, hey, I, I know on the surface, man, things look good. Hey, I, I know that, man, hey, I've been able to deal with other stuff in my life, but, but this season, hey, I can't do it. Hey, what surrendering to the Lord looks like is choosing to throw your hands up and say, hey, God, I need you. I need you. 
hey, it's this dependence on him. It's this dependence on him. That's what David exhibited there, man, a mighty warrior, man, who folks sang songs about, a man after God's own heart, man, who appeared to have it all together, man. He was in a moment of vulnerability, and he chose to throw his hands up, surrender to him. Hey, here's the problem for, for some of us. Can I just keep it 100 with you today? Can I just keep it 100 with you? Because it's the same problem for me. A lot of us, right, we get into a mode where we're thinking that, man, hey, we're, we're, hey, we're one of those super saved Christians. Hey, hey, we're, hey, we're, hey we're, we're, we're super Christians. Whenever trouble comes, man, we put the cape on and think that we can bear it on our own. Hey, all that does, can, can I just be honest with you? All that does is breed, more, number one, more pride in our life. But number two, man, all that does Right, it is, brings forth this facade, right, that, thing that, that gets folks to think that all is well in our life. But, but the truth of the matter is when we choose to, to humble ourselves, man, surrender and have this heart posture saying, God, hey, we need you. Hey, man, God, God meets us where we are. He meets us there. He meets us in that place. We've got to choose to surrender to him. Man, we're not self-made men or women. I, I, may know, I know you may have a successful business or, man, hey, you may have a successful family, but it's the Lord that helped you get, to get all that stuff. It's him. He's the one who's the giver of all, th- you know, all good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from him, James 1 says. Man, we're, we're not self-made men or women, right? We've been remade, been remade when we chose to trust in him. And so the call for us as a result is to surrender to the one who's remade us. Surrender to him. Here, I'll, I'll leave you with this and then go to the second sub point here. Hey, in times of trouble, it's when we choose to throw our hands up and surrender to the Lord. It's when we choose to do that. It's when we're able to throw those same hands up in worship even in the midst of the trouble that we're in. Hey, surrender is the first step. You want, to know, you want to know how folks, man, are able to worship in the midst of, man, the struggles in life? Man, they exhibited a heart posture that says, hey, God, I need you. Humble myself before you. That's what we see David do here, man. We've got to choose to surrender to him, surrender to the one who is able, man, to meet us where we are. I remember having to do that myself. My dad passed. Man, I remember those next 36 hours being some of the toughest ever, man. Having to call my mom, let her know. Man, here in front, you know, got two little sisters, man, who were real close to him, having to walk through that. But I was put in charge, you know, since, I mean, I mean, I was the preacher of the family, essentially, put in charge of making sure, man, things were put together. And so I, I was in charge of that. We had the funeral in Dallas area, hey, working through all the details of everything. I remember the night before, you know, I was trying to figure out what to share. I didn't know what to say. And so I got, got in my car there uh, and drove around, man, my, my hometown, Cedar Hill there, and just try to figure out, hey, God, what, what, you know, what, what do you want me to say? Hey, and it was in that moment, man, driving around where I chose to say, hey, God, I, I, can't, I can't be superhero here, man. I, I need your help. It's when God met me there. And it's really hard to describe, man. He, he met me where I was. 
as they would have the strength to keep moving forward and living for him. Hey, choose to surrender to him. Surrender to him in the midst of the struggle. And trusting yourself to the Lord looks like surrender to him, but also it looks like this, hey, choosing to seek his face. Choosing to seek his face. Say that David, he strengthened himself in the Lord. Then verse 7, right, what does it say? Look back at the text. It said, David said to Abathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, hey, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord. David in that moment, hey, he surrendered to the Lord, right? And then, hey, that next step for him in trusting himself to God was, hey, seeking his face. Hey, God, what do I do next? What do I do next? How do, how do I serve here? What is my response in the midst of what's happening? Hey, entrusting ourselves to the Lord is choosing to seek his face. Some of us, hey, man, we're struggling in the midst of our struggle, struggling to worship him in the midst of it because instead of seeking his face, man, we're trying to bury man, whatever struggle we've got. Trying to hide it. So easy to. Church culture, so easy to. Man, I see it all the time where I'm at in Clarksville, man. A high military, we probably got 90% military. We're right by an army base there. Uh, and got so many folks coming in, man. Instead of choosing, hey, to seek God right on, on the next step in the struggle in their marriage. Choosing to seek God on the next step of, man, how they deal with their child in the midst of what the child's going through. Instead of seeking God on the next step of whatever issues going on in their life, man, they just try to bury it. Cover it up. And say, hey, you know what? It, hey, I, I, I don't need sister church member to know what's going on. When in reality, hey, the call for us is to choose to seek him. Seek him, man. Seek him, uh, yes, to get answers, but more importantly, hey, seek him, man, to, 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 uh, to be in his presence. Seek him, man, to be in his presence, man. Uh, know and understand that, man, we need his presence. Need him. In the midst of the mess, man, we need his presence. We need a word from him. In the midst of all that you got going on, man, hey, the, the responsibilities are still there. Life still has to roll on. Hey, you, you need him. Need him. So seek his face. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And then James 4, 8 calls for us to do this. Hey, draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you. Us. Man, the good news, right, because of what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago, man, his death, burial, and resurrection, man, hey, we can go directly to the Lord in the midst of our struggle. So, man, quit, quit, hey, quit trying to run the other way and choose to entrust yourself to him. Entrust yourself to him. Man, standing in the midst of the struggle looks like embracing, man, the fact that the struggle is going to be real. Hey, it looks like this, choosing to entrust yourself to the Lord. And then thirdly and lastly, and I'm through, hey, man, choosing to stand in the midst of the struggle. Man, it looks like choosing to be encouraged by his provision. Be encouraged by his provision. Verses 9 through 15 speaks to that. I won't reread it, but David sought the Lord, right, and the Lord answered. Man, hey, w hey which is part of his provision there. He answered that prayer. They go to seek where the Amalekites are. They end up randomly running into some Egyptian dude, man, that was hanging out over there. It wasn't just by accident, right, that Egyptian dude was hanging out there. 
You see right in the midst of all that's happening, man, God's uh, uh, control, God's sovereignty there. And David and his men end up running into the guy that's able to take them to where the Malachites are to get their family. Man, we see that the Lord provided, man, for David in the midst of all that he is going through. And in the same way, hey, he's able to provide for you and for me. Now, don't hear me. Hey, I'm not saying that every time, man, you run to God, yeah, he's going to give you exactly what, he's at, what you're asking for. Trust me, I tried, man. Brother Luke, I've asked, man, since I was 10. Lord, help me to be six foot five. He hadn't answered that, and I think the ship has sailed. I believe I'll be that tall in heaven, though, but that's neither here nor there. Listen, it, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, hey, he's going to answer, man, hey, exactly the way that, man, you know, exactly what you want, give you exactly what you want. But here's what I know for sure he'll give you. Hey, he's, hey, he's able to meet you himself, man, hey. He's able to provide his presence for you. And so, hey, we ought to be folks that are encouraged. His provision. Hey, I know what he's able to do, man. He's able to give you the strength, parent, hey, to keep on going in the midst of, man, the struggle with your kids. Hey, in the midst of the tragedy, I know, he, hey, he's able to give you, man, the, the strength to continue moving forward and to look to serve him and be encouraged by the provision that he's able to give. Man, we see it all throughout the scripture. Folks that were in a tough time, right, that, hey, sought the Lord, and the Lord answered and provided for them. Remember that man, Nehemiah, right, called to do the work of the Lord, ran into opposition, ran into trouble. Some haters, man, that were trying to get him to quit the work of the Lord, right? He's near the end. The hate, the hate is intensifying, man. The threats are intensifying. It says in Nehemiah 6, 9 that, man, he asked for the Lord to strengthen his hands to finish the work, and he was able to. Which, by the way, hey, led to one of the biggest revivals in all the Old Testament. You can take a look at it. It, it talks about that. Folks got right with God. You remember that story. Remember, man, the psalmist, as you read through the psalms, man, time and time again, where they seek the Lord. David, man, wrote several of them himself in the midst of a struggle, man. Hey, they, they sought the Lord, man, asked for him and to meet him where he was. And then as you read in the midst of the mess, man, them seeking the Lord, man, there's a little pause, Selah. And it talks about how, man, the psalmist there speaks to all that the Lord provided for them. Man. Hey, be encouraged by the fact that God is able to provide. Hey, his provision in the midst of the mess, his provision in the midst of the stress. Man, hey, hey, it's, man, a picture of his grace shown to us. Hey, I'm glad I serve a God that's able to provide. There's many people, man, that serve many other gods that they cry out to in the midst of, man, the deepest, darkest places in their life. And their God doesn't answer them. Their God isn't here because, they, you know, their God didn't exist, but, but their God isn't real. Hey, the, the God that we follow and serve, man, he's able to provide. And so choose to be encouraged by his provision, by choosing to run to him. The rest of 1 Samuel 30 talks about how David, man, hey, they found the Amalekites and they took names and took over, man. They got, hey, they got, they got their families back. Man, and they went on glorifying the Lord as a result, man. Hey, David, in the midst of the struggle, was able to stand. Why? Because he learned how to lean 
man, I'm the only one who was strong enough to support him in the midst of his struggle. Church, hey, choose to do the same. Man, choose to learn how to lean into the Lord. Man, hey, don't don't lean into your own abilities and, and your own successes and, and your own uh, stuff to get you through. Hey, man, choose to lean on the one who's the only one who's able to support you in the midst of what you're going through. I'll end with this story. I, uh, uh, for undergrad, talked about this last year when I was here, but undergrad, I went to Louisiana Tech University in, in Ruston. Um, yeah, go, go dogs. Amen. Uh, Amen. But uh, went to tech there and and studied uh, uh, communication studies and uh, I was transfer in. So uh, when I got there, you know, uh, the uh, the degree program, there weren't a lot of folks that were in there. So our classes were small and we got to connect and and know some of the uh, a lot of the folks that were in that uh, in that degree program. One of the guys that uh, I met along the way, his name was Jordan at first. Man, when I met him, I wasn't a big fan of him uh, because he was one of those guys that loved to, uh, uh, to, to break the curves on tests. He took pride, right, in, in, uh, in not looking out for his uh, uh, other classmates, but, uh, you know, getting the highest grade and breaking the curve, you know, so that we, all of us, you know, uh, would struggle. So I didn't like him at first. But, but after a while, we were in the same group, got to connect, figured out, man, he loved the Lord, man, solid believer. And uh, we ended up becoming good friends. We ended up going to seminary uh, together in New Orleans. Uh, he served at a church in Baton Rouge. And uh, fast forward a couple of years from that time at Tech, uh, we got the devastating news um, that uh, uh, he ended up uh, developing a rare form of lung cancer, uh, 25 years old at the time. Uh, never smoked a day in his life. Man, was a dude that loved God and, and worked hard for him, serving in students there, man. We, we couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. And so he walked through this season of lung cancer. It seemed like he was getting better, man. I think he even got to a point where, you know, he was in remission. But then the cancer came back, right, even more powerful. And at 26 years old, man, he ended up uh, passing on into eternity. And we were obviously, man, stunned, shocked at, at that. I remember a couple years ago, uh, you know, decided, man, to look on his Facebook page and, uh, and just see, you know, I mean, the, the you know, last moments of his life, what he might have shared. And, and it was incredible. Brother Jason, like, he's still talking about youth events and stuff. I mean, two weeks before his death, he... There was a picture about him going through chemotherapy, and then literally a couple of days later, man, he's serving with the students. Talk about resolve, man. But I remember a couple of days before he passed away, they posted some, some lyrics to a song, a Christian rap artist that really stuck with me because it was unbelievable how he was able to share this in the midst of what he was going through. I'll just be honest with you, man. I would have really struggled, man, asking those questions about why, not saying that he didn't, but and to be able to share what, what he shared was amazing. I want to read, read the lyrics for you, what, what he shared. 
says this. So this is my hope and my prayer. The air that I'll breathe in eternity with lungs that never fail me. If it pleases my Lord and only by your grace, use my life till it's poured out for your sake. Until then, I'll remain where you have me with joy, even when I feel unhappy. And a peace that surpasses all my understanding, my life is in the hands of your love everlasting. And when it's my time to go, go ahead and take me home. I know I'll be with you. See, Jordan, man, was a child of God that understood, man, how to stand in the midst of the struggle in his life because he was leaning, man, on the God that was over the struggle. Hey, this Christian life to Jordan wasn't just something that he did once a week or else he wouldn't have been able to post lyrics like that. This Christian life wasn't just some hobby or fad for him. Jesus was everything was everything. And so when struggle came, man, when cancer came and and he was knocking on death's door, listen, he he was able to stand with resolve and say, hey, Lord, use me while I, the time that I have left here. And when it's my time to go, man, hey, I'm going to go to be with you in eternity. He was able to stand in the midst of the struggle. Listen, church, all all I'm trying to say to you this morning is this. Hey, trouble is going to come in our life. You may be walking through it right now. But, hey, the call for us, because of the Jesus that we follow and serve, is to choose to stand in the midst of it. And by leaning on him. By leaning on him. With heads bowed and eyes closed as we wrap up our time. Move into a time of uh, invitation. First and foremost, maybe you're in here and and you, you may be walking through trouble, through struggle in your life. And, man, you, you're at your wit's end, proverbial wit's end, if you will. Man, d- done a good job of covering it up, gonna, done a good job of hiding it. But, man, r- in reality, your life's a mess. Man, you're broken up and, and not sure what to do. This morning, hey, hey, your response is to choose to do what David did. Man, entrust yourself to the Lord. Man, Choose to surrender to him. Say, Lord, I need you. I need you. Man, and to choose to seek his face. Maybe you're in here and, and this Jesus that we talk about, Maybe uh, you, you don't know him, don't have a relationship with him. You may know a lot about him, you may know songs about him. You may have heard of him before, but 
reason why you're not able to stand for him is because you've never surrendered your life to him. You've never placed your faith and trust in him. Man, if that's you, hey, your response this morning is to choose to place your faith and trust in Jesus. Maybe you're in here and sought the Lord, man, surrendered to him. You've gotten to a point where, man, you find yourself just wallowing in the midst of, man, the mess and the struggle in your life, just, just wallowing there. Man, not walking in the encouragement, man, that, that ought to come to you. And that the Lord's able to provide what you need when you need it. Maybe your response is, uh, man, confession of that, re repentance from it, and saying, Lord, hey, I know you provided for me. I'm, I'm going to stand up in you and continue to move forward in you. Walking in depression, anxiety. Choose to lay that down at his feet. Now, I don't know where you are this morning, but I'm going to pray for us. When I say amen, we're going to stand and sing, and you continue in a spirit of response today. You can stay in your seat, make your seat your altar. Maybe you need to come down to the front, kneel at the altar there. Maybe you need to pray with a friend, family member. Maybe you need to talk to a leader in the back. Perhaps what it looks like to come to Christ or pray over an issue in your life. But hey, you, you respond today. Let's be folks that are able to stand in the midst of the struggle in the Lord like King David did. Lord God, we love you. We thank you for your grace and mercy. God, we thank you that even in the midst of some of the most difficult times in our life, because we know you, Lord, we can shout, not just with our lips, but with our life, that it is well. We can stand power and in your grace. And so, Lord, help us to do that. Pray for the person here that, that doesn't know you, Lord. I pray that they would choose to repent and trust in you. God, I pray for that person that God's been hiding for a long time, all that's going on in their life. God, I pray that they just be real and forthright before you. Lord, knowing that, uh, God, your mercy and grace is available, Lord, to forgive. God, and your grace is available, Lord, to give them uh, God, the strength to continue to move on. I pray that we would just, God, respond to you this morning. God, we love you. We thank you. We ask these things all in your name. Amen.